0: So this morning, I'm going to ask you to use your imagination, okay? Imagine, if you will, a society in which sin is more common than righteousness. Imagine. Imagine a society whose leaders are, for the most part, not trustworthy. Imagine, if you will, a society where right is called wrong, and wrong is called right. A society where political uh, leaders use people instead of serving people. A society where even religious leaders cannot always be trusted. They tell people what they want to hear so they can build up their own fame, their own fortune, their own influence. A place where preachers on a regular basis, stand before crowds of people and even cameras and um, tell outright lies in order to control and take advantage of people and where the people in general have lost a sense of justice, lost a sense of overall decency, common values, common sense, where where they tear one another apart for their own gain. Imagine a society like that. Of course, I'm talking about the nation of Israel in the sixth century BC. What, what society did you think I was talking about? I'm talking about the nation of Israel during the time of Ezekiel and sadly we don't have to use our imaginations to think of what a society like that would be like what do you do when an entire culture seems to have lost its way do you do you do you look to government to fix things what if they're a major part of the problem Do you you count on um, religion and tradition and religious leaders to clean up the mess? What if they're right in the center of the mess? Is there any hope for a society like that? Let's see what God's word has to say about it. I want you to take your Bibles and go to the Old Testament book of Ezekiel. Now, my guess is that not all of you had your quiet time in the book of Ezekiel this morning, so I'm going to give you a minute to turn there. Uh, It's in the back part of your Old Testament, it's a big book. Find the book of Ezekiel. If you're uh, blessed to have some sort of device that makes it a lot easier, just uh, scroll until you find Ezekiel. And I want you to go with me to Ezekiel chapter 22. And we're going to look together at a passage of scripture that has had huge influence in my life. And I want to just share it with you this morning. Uh, You're wondering, what about the book of Acts? We're taking a break from the book of Acts for Father's Day. And so, um, bear with me, we'll be back in Acts, but for today, we're in Ezekiel chapter 22, hopefully you're there by now. I want to begin reading in verse 23, just follow along. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, say to her, this is, her is the land of Israel, Son of man, say to her, you are a land that is not cleansed or reigned on in the day of indignation. There is a conspiracy of her prophets in her midst, like a roaring lion tearing the prey they have devoured lives they've taken treasure and precious things they have made many widows in the midst of her her priests have done violence to my laws and have profaned my holy things they've made no distinction between the holy and the profane and they have not taught the difference between the unclean and the clean they hide their eyes from my sabbaths I am profaned among them her princes, verse 27, within her are like wolves tearing the prey by shedding blood and destroying lives in order to get dishonest gain. Her prophets have smeared whitewash for them, seeing false visions and divining lies for them, saying, thus says the Lord, when the Lord has not spoken, the people of the land have practiced oppression and committed robbery, and they have wronged the poor and the needy and have oppressed the the sojourner without justice. Let's stop there. He talks about four different groups. First of all, verse 25 and verse 28 talk about prophets, right? What is a prophet? A prophet is someone who has been called by God to proclaim his truth to people. And so he talks about the prophets during the time of Ezekiel, and he basically says that the prophets are dishonest. They, they say, thus says the Lord when the Lord has not spoken. They, they tear the people apart instead of blessing the people with the truth of God's word. That's what's happening with the prophets during the time of Ezekiel. Verse 26 talks about priests. Now, what is a priest's job? A priest's job is to come between people and God and bring the two together. That's the role of a priest, right? To usher people into the presence of God, to usher God into the presence of the people in order to help them to meet, right? That's a priest's job. And he says that the priests, instead of bringing people together with God, are actually turning people away from him. The princes... That would be, our, our word for that would be political leaders. The princes in Ezekiel's day, verse 27, are just seeking dishonest gain. Now, I have only limited time to talk today, and so it's taking all of the self-control that I have not to spend the next 20 minutes talking about how awful it is when our political leaders step in and decide that their personal gain is more important than the people that they're supposed to serve. But as you know, wherever there are human beings, there are broken people. And wherever people are broken, they are selfish. And whenever selfish people are given power, They often misuse it, right? And so here are these princes in the time of Ezekiel. They're political leaders who have, who have said, you're here to make me powerful. You're here to make me rich. You're here to keep me in a job. You're here to take care of me. And that's what's happening with the princes. Instead of the princes actually going, I'm here to provide for the people. I'm here to protect the people. I'm here to take care of the people. I'm here to put the people's best interests first. The princes during the time of Ezekiel, are seeking dishonest gain. And then finally, the fourth group that is mentioned is the people themselves. The people in general, the people of Israel. And basically the people of Israel in verse 29 are described as a people that, um, the best word that represents them is injustice. There is social injustice. The poor are being oppressed by the rich the weak are being oppressed by the powerful and this justice is just nowhere to be found among the people the people have turned against one another which by the way is what people do when their prophets fail them and their priests fail them and their princes fail them And so, God has given responsibility to this group of leaders, and this group of leaders has been selfish and completely dropped the ball. And as a result, in Ezekiel's day in Israel, the people are running amok. There's chaos, and there's bloodshed, and there's brokenness everywhere you look. And God looks upon these people and goes, These are my people these are the people that I have called to be a light to the world. These are the people that when I spoke to Abraham, says God, I told him, and you will be a blessing to the whole world. I will make you a great nation, and through this great nation, the whole world will be blessed. And God is looking at his people, and he's going, the prophets are lying to the people. The priests are pulling the people away from God. The princes are taking advantage of the people, and the people do not shine a light. They do not represent. Me, in fact, they're the worst of what's wrong with people. That's the situation in Israel, the only nation on earth in the sixth century BC that has any direct connection to God, and that's God's people. And God looks at a society like that, and his heart is broken. And so God calls out to Ezekiel and he says, I want you to give them a message. I want you to say to them, listen, it's a time of indignation. The, the, I, the heat is being turned up and there's gonna be no rain for you. There's going to be no solution. There's going to be no relief. There's going to be no stopping of this because you, you as a whole society have turned away from God. First your leaders and now the people in general. By the way, it's not lost on me that there is absolutely no distinction between this description of Israel and the society that we live in today. Where is the hope for a society that's in that kind of shambles? Well, there's a clue for us in Ezekiel 22 Look at verse 30. He's just described this terrible situation, and here's what God says. God says in verse 30, I searched for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land so that I would not destroy it. But I found no one. And and I can't help myself. I've, I've read this passage a thousand times in the last... 45 years, and every time I read verse 30, my shoulders just drop, my countenance falls. I go, I don't know if there's a sadder verse in all of scripture, that among the people of God, among the nation of Israel, in the terrible time, the darkness of brokenness of this country, God looks for just a man. He doesn't say, I look for an army of men. <laughs> he says, I look for a man, just, just one man who would step up, who would stand in the gap, who would go into the broken down wall and say, I will make up this gap and make sure that the people are protected. And I looked for a man, God says, and I found no one, no one. And so, what came next for Israel was a time that made this dark time look light. A a time of hardship, a time of exile, a time of slavery and pain and difficulty that went on for generations. But it's so sad because it didn't have to be that way, there was a solution. God said he had a solution in mind. He said, I looked for a man. Remember, remember a few years ago um, that the United States Marine Corps would have those commercials, recruiting commercials, right? And they, said, they would say, we're looking for a few good men, right? We're looking for a few good men. They don't use that anymore. I actually looked up why. It's for the reasons you would expect. And um, now they, they use the few, the proud, the Marines. But they've scrapped that one too. All of these things have uh, ruffled people's feathers. But here in God's word, he makes this very controversial statement. He goes, hey, you know what I'm looking for? I'm looking for a, a good man. I'm looking for... You know, and by the way, let's let's be clear. The scripture teaches very clearly that apart from Christ, there's no such thing as a good man. Some of you women are like, yeah, that's right, I know about that. No good men, no good women, no good children, all of us broken because of the fall of sin. All of us in need of a savior. So when we're talking about God looking for good men, maybe we should change the slogan and say, uh, I'm looking for a godly man. God's looking for a godly man in this time, uh, a man who will step up, um, and God is willing to withhold judgment on an entire society if a man will step up, if a man will step into the gap, if a man will call out to God, and when Israel has turned away from him, if only they would repent. There's that word we don't use in church anymore because people don't like it repent. Like you're, you're headed this way and you turn and head this way. That's repentance. If they would turn around, they've been walking away from God. If they would come back to God, just a man who would lead them to that kind of repentance. That's what God is looking for. If only they would repent, he would withhold his judgment. And he's looking for some godly men or even one godly man. And there's a concerted effort underway in our society today, and I'm not going to go off on this tangent, but let's just get the cards on the table. There's a concerted effort underway by some in our society today to just uh, erase gender roles and to, 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 to erase gender okay, to, to talk, to say that there, there is no difference between genders, that gender is fluid and all of those kind of things, you don't need me to explain it to you, you've heard these arguments, right? And, and I find it fascinating because in our societal landscape today, it would be very easy for me, much, much easier, much less controversial, if this passage said, and I, w- and I looked for a person who would make up the wall and stand in the gap, and, and so I thought, well, that's probably what it says. You know, you use the word man as a general term and it means person, except not so in Hebrew. And so I read it in Hebrew, and in Hebrew, the word is ish, which means male individual. It's a very specific word. God is saying, and this is why this is a Father's Day message. God is saying, hey guys, I am asking one of you to step up. And and we'll talk more about how that um, relates to women as well in a second, but for now, I just wanna point out, I really was hoping I could go to this passage so that I would say, have a message for everybody, whether you're man, woman, or child, that God is saying, I'm asking you to step up, and of course, all throughout scripture, he's asking us all to step up, and we'll get to that, but I wanna say that in this passage, where God is describing the darkness of Israel, he says, I'm actually looking for a guy to act like a guy. I'm actually looking for a man who will say, I will stand in the gap. And so this is a Father's Day message where, you know, I I have a choice if I'm gonna preach a Father's Day message and sometimes I just say, Happy Father's Day and we move on. You got donuts, what else do you need, right? (laughs) But, 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 If I'm gonna preach on fatherhood on Father's Day, then I have a choice, there's two ways I can go. I can go in the way that says, you know, I wanna make all of you feel better as dads. I just wanna say thank you for being dads. I mean, we need dads, we need dads to love us and to lead us and to discipline us and to guide us and to teach us and to train us, and and all of you dads are doing that, and and I want you to leave here encouraged. Today I decided to go a different route. Today I decided that we as men need to get challenged. Because I'm looking at our society and guys I don't like what I see. I don't like the direction that things are going. I don't like the fact that people are turning away from God and not to him and then as a society it's getting darker and darker by the day. And so I wanna join the voice of God through Ezekiel and say hey men, God's calling us to step up. And so it turns out that men are pretty important in society. And that's especially true of fathers. U.S. Department of Justice recently did a study. Here's what they found out. 63% of youth suicides are teens from fatherless homes. 90% of all homeless and runaway youth are from fatherless homes. 85% of all children exhibiting clinical behavioral disorders are from fatherless homes. This is the U.S. Department of Justice statistics. 71% of all high school dropouts, fatherless homes. 70% of juveniles in state-run institutions, fatherless homes. 75% of adolescent chemical abuse, fatherless homes homes, and 75% of rapists are from fatherless homes. There are huge holes in the proverbial wall, and we need some godly men who are going to step up and fill those gaps. There is an essential role for godly men to play in the family, in the church, in the society as a whole. Certainly fathers, but not just fathers. Men in general, godly men standing in the gap, fighting for people that are far from God. Dads, yes, but how about stepdads? How about mentors? How about older brothers? How about teachers? How about coaches? How about youth pastors? How about neighbors? who look and see there are kids who need to be influenced, there are people who need to be protected, there are people who need to be cared for, taught, challenged, and encouraged. And they step up. If you are a godly man, you have an essential role to play in the future of our society. It's a priestly role. Uh, It it's so interesting to me to look at and see, man, look at the ones who've let these people down. The priests let them down. Remember, um, Moses plays this priestly role for Israel. Remember when Israel makes golden calf and they, they start to worship uh, false gods and they, they, they lose their faith and Moses comes and, and what does he do? Well, first he smashes the tablets um, and then he prays. He intercedes on behalf of the people and he says to God... I would rather you blot out my name from the book of life than to destroy these people. And he pays the price as a prayer warrior, as a priest to bring the people back to God. And then he preaches to them and challenges them and encourages them and draws them back to the Lord. That's the role God is calling us to play in the lives of other people. It's a priestly role. It's also a prophetic role. The prophets during the time of Ezekiel, according to this passage, were selfish liars. They said things like, thus saith the Lord when the Lord had not spoken. Oh my goodness, how I would like to go off on some of the preachers in our culture today who stand up before large crowds of people and before um, cameras and before microphones and say, thus saith the Lord when the Lord has not spoken. But there's a prophetic role for us as men to play, to say, I'm going to speak the truth in love. And let me just say this, guys, because if you're a person, when I say, come on, let's speak the truth in love, if your heart wants to shout amen, I want to warn you about something. Sometimes those of us whose heart tends toward the truth and wants to speak the truth, we forget the in love part. And sometimes the way that we speak the truth is more weaponized than gracious. And sometimes what we want to do is tear down those who are not walking in the truth. That's not the role of the prophet. The role of the prophet is to call the people to the amazing grace of God. And the scripture says it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And so if you're a person who tends toward the truth, that's me. I'm on the truth and grace trajectory. I'm like over here. And, and and I can be insensitive and I can be uncaring and I can be ungentle. And God always is beating me over the head and reminding me, listen, I love the people that you're trying to speak the truth to. Speak the truth in love. So let me just ask you this, and and, and, and I want to speak especially to you guys. How's your integrity holding up? Do you speak the truth? or do you tell a story that is convenient to your goal? Do you do what's right because it's right or do you take shortcuts? Do you take advantage of others and seek dishonest gain or do you look for ways to help others and lift them up rather than tearing them down? In a season of political correctness where people are not willing to hear anything that makes them uncomfortable, it is high time that somebody stood up, stood in the gap, and spoke the truth because the scripture says the truth will set you free. And by the way, be careful not to use it as a weapon. It's also a protective role, the role that God's calling us to as men. Remember how Abraham interceded for Lot when God said, I'm going to go destroy Sodom, and Abraham just went into prayer. We, we look at that situation, and God's, uh, Abraham's speaking to the angel of the Lord, and there's this conversation going on, and we're like, well, that's not how it works with me and God. It's called prayer. Abraham's just praying, Lord, please. Spare these people. Lord, please spare these people. Lord, please spare these people. And he won't give up because he's playing a protective role. Part of being a godly man is standing in the gap between danger and those who are about to get crushed by it. That might mean prayer. It might mean speaking up on someone's behalf. It might mean getting help. It might mean working on your own junk because you're part of the problem. Whatever the case is, it's high time that more of us stood up and protected others from the attacks of the enemy. And finally, you know, being a godly man is a prayerful role. This is where some of us are the weakest, guys. I mean, nobody knows what your prayer life's like. Nobody knows whether your knees are calloused. Nobody knows if, if you just throw up a prayer now and then, like, Lord, I'm running late, please don't let there be traffic, or whether you fall on your face before God on a regular basis and cry out on behalf of the people that he has put in your heart and in your life, but man, if you don't do anything else, we need to become an army of men that fights on its knees. We need to become men who, who, who take the care of our society, the, the care of our families, the care of our children so seriously that we realize, I am not strong enough to fix what's broken, but I know the one who is, and I'm going to him, and I'm not going to stop knocking until he opens the door. In so many cases, we lack the power to actually do what needs to be done, but God doesn't. It's not just about standing in the gap, it's about kneeling in the gap. One thing the world needs now is a generation of prayer warriors. And so I say to you guys, let it start with us. And through our example, men, let it trickle down through our families. Let it trickle down through our church. Let it trickle down through our society so that there would be a generation of godly men. My friends, the problems that we face as a culture and as individuals, they're huge. But God is looking for a man. A man who will make up the wall, a man who will stand in the gap. It doesn't say that he's looking for an army of men. So stop sitting and criticizing the fact that others aren't doing anything. Maybe God is calling you to step let's take the maybe out of that sentence. God is calling you, men, to step up, stand in the gap make up the wall, it's time for you to become that man. Now, I realize that this message may have seemed a little hard to connect with for you ladies. Fair enough. There's, there's two easy paths for you to take, ladies, when there's a message like this where I'm just talking to the guys. One is to sit in judgment of the men in your life. Get the sharp elbow to your husband sitting next to you. And uh, resent them for not doing a better job. That's a legitimate temptation. If that is you, I recommend something. Take that temptation toward resentment. That's what it is, a temptation toward resentment. Take that temptation toward resentment and use that energy to redouble your efforts to pray for the men in your life. Your husbands, your dads, your sons, your friends. The second easy path for you to take is to get offended that I'm implying that it's only men who can stand in the gap for a situation like this. If that's you, I want to remind you that while God's specifically calling for men to act like men in this passage, the Bible is full of other passages. Ruth stepped up and God used her to redirect the future of her family and the future of Israel and she becomes the great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandmother of Jesus. Rahab steps up, plays the role that only she could play in allowing the children of Israel to take possession of the promised land and through that God saves her family and makes her the great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandmother of Jesus. Esther steps into the gap and saves all of Israel, the nation from which Jesus comes. Mary steps up and plays an incredibly challenging role of bearing and raising the Son of God so that he might go to the cross and pay the price for our sin. So don't think for a second that because there's times when God wants to speak to men about being men, that God doesn't want to speak to all of us about stepping up and being who God has called us to be. He's put you in a position that is unique for you. He's given you gifts that are unique for you. He's putting passion on your heart that is unique to you. He wants you to act on that passion. He wants you to step up. He wants you, whether you're man, woman, or child, to be someone who says, this is not gonna happen on my watch. I am going to step in and fill the gap. I am going to call out to God. I am going to set an example for other people. I am going to be a warrior who fights on my knees. Men, women, and children, there is a role for you to play. But hey, it's Father's Day. And I want to challenge the men. It's time to stop sitting back and complaining about all the breaches in the wall. It's time to step up And fill the gap. God will use you to change the world. Don't wait for somebody else to do it.